It's exciting, isn't it? I think it's actually really significant today. It's so cool that we're starting our first Sunday of two services, like officially moving forward. This is just the beginning. You know, if there's one person out there that doesn't know Jesus, we are too small. We've got to keep making room, don't we? Hey, look, if you are here for the first time this morning, I do want to give you a really warm welcome as well. And uh, it is an absolute privilege to have you with us this morning. I want to encourage you just to sit and relax, enjoy. You can eat your crunchy during the service. It's all good. We don't mind. So um, it's a special privilege to have you with us this morning, and I know you're going to love it. I want to encourage you to lean in this morning. I really want to encourage you, maybe pull out your phone and open the ECC app. If you haven't done by now, it's the Elam Christian Center app where you can find your sermon notes and you can even pop your little um, answers in there. It's pretty cool. Or you can grab the pen in front of you and you can take some notes this morning. Why? Because I believe God has a word for you this morning. I know this because I wrote a whole sermon. (laughs) It was good. It was like, I won't drop that because I'll get in big trouble, but it was good. But God had something better because very recently, (laughs) he told me not that one today, darling, this one. So I had to rewrite my message. So I know that God has something fresh for you today that's going to bring vision, it's going to bring a direction, and it's going to bring stability to whatever you are walking through right now because it was so important that God needed me to say it today. So pull out your pen. Come on. Some of you need to take some notes. But before we get started, let's pray because that's always a great idea. Father God, Lord, I pray mercy in this place this morning. I pray your blessing. I pray your favor and your wisdom and overflow over every single person in this property today. From the youngest to the oldest and wisest, Lord God, we pray for your blessing. Lord God, I pray. Lord God, for every single person, Lord Jesus, we we need you now like we've never needed you before. Many of us have walked through stuff and the enemy has hit us hard. But Lord God, we're still here and we're still standing and we're here today in your church. We're in your house bringing you worship. Lord God, your word says that your church is going to be around forever. And Lord God, I thank you. We give you all the glory for your goodness and your protection over us. And I pray that you speak through this word this morning as you want to, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, quite a few years ago, we lived in Maraitai and we had a great group of friends there, our small group. Sometimes that word, they're not small, are they? They're quite big groups. But we had about six families that we were doing life with out there. And we did all sorts of things together, including camping. And uh, this one year, we were going to Motahee. Now, Motahi is an island, a beautiful island, in between Waiheke and Maraitai. And the thing with Motahi is that you can only get there by boat. So either public ferry that goes once in the morning to drop you off and come back, comes back later in the afternoon to pick you up, or if you have your own boat. Now, we lived in Maraitai, so thankfully most of us had a boat or were able to get on a boat between us, and we headed on over. We camped for a week. It was fantastic. There's no power over there. It's a dock camp, so it's a full-on camping 101. The day came when we needed to, the Booth family, head home. We had to head home earlier than everybody else because a couple of us had recently changed jobs and we needed to get back to work. 
So we said our goodbyes. We packed everything up into the, into the boat, the tent and the, the little mini gas fridge and everything else that we had, and we headed off. And we waved goodbye, and we headed towards home. And as we got out past the island, and we were heading towards the middle, we noticed the weather started to change. And it changed rapidly, changed really fast. And we reached the, the channel where the waves, the currents, are coming against each other because they're sort of coming from different directions. And all of a sudden, we noticed that we had found ourselves in a position in my dad's boat <laughs> that was not good. The waves were pushing us this way and that way, up and down. And I don't know if you've been in that situation, but your boat doesn't know whether to go sideways or up or down, or if you hit it wrong, you're going to tip over. It happened so fast. It was unnerving. It was scary. And we were losing our footing. We put the kids, we had precious cargo on board, so we put the kids down in the cabin to try and keep them safe. And Daryl and I were just trying to keep our footing Thankfully, we weren't in that position for too long because a Coast Guard had seen us and came quickly alongside us and guided us back to the island where we stayed one more night. The middle. It isn't always easy. But beginnings, oh, we love beginnings, don't we? We like beginnings, you know, the new relationship, the new house. We shift to the new area, the new job. It gives us an opportunity to discover new things about ourselves and about others. We like beginnings. Tick. We like beginnings. And even endings. Endings can be celebratory as well, can't they? You know, when you finally get to the end of the to-do list or the project that you've been meaning to do for ages, like the fence, go Daryl. <laughs> or, you know, when you finally, you have that massive graduation, don't you, when you finally finished your bachelor's or your degree or your master's. Endings can be great too when you get to celebrate all the hard work that you've poured in all that time. But middles, middles can be a hard place. They can be lonely and they can be painful. They can cost us a lot. They can be unpredictable and they can even be exhausting physically, emotionally and spiritually when we're stuck in a middle season. In Mark 6, 47 to 53, we read about the disciples who had a pretty tough middle experience as well. I'm going to read this now. You can see it up on the screen. It says, As night fell, the boat was in the middle of the lake. And Jesus was alone on land. The wind was against the disciples, and they could see that they were, and he could see that they were straining at the oars, trying to make headway. When it was almost morning, Jesus came to them walking on the water. When they saw him walking on the waves, they thought he was a ghost, and they screamed out in terror, but he said to them at once, don't give in to fear, have courage, it's really me, he said, I am. It's okay, it's me, he's trying to tell them, it's me. Then he came closer, and he climbed into the boat with them. I love that. And immediately the stormy wind became still. 
When Jesus told the disciples to take the boat out, it was in the middle of the lake that the storm hit. Not as they set off from the shore or as they approach the destination, but it was in the middle. The place where you can no longer see where you've left from. You've lost sight of where you're heading. And we're in a place where we, we don't know quite where we're supposed to go. But I tell you what, often in that place we're tempted to go back to the safety of before. Back to the safety of before. This morning I want to ask you, if you're honest with yourself, what middle are you in at the moment? What place are you in at the moment where you feel like there is a headwind, where you feel like you're in a current and and it's taking you in every direction? What middle are you in right now? Maybe it's in a relationship. Maybe it is employment. Maybe it is in your health. Maybe it's your dreams. Maybe the season that you've been through has taken your dreams and it feels like they're, they're gone. What middle are you in at the moment? That place where excitement has long gone. It's left the building. And endurance has had to kick in. What middle are you in at the moment? Because, you know, today I want to tell you the middle is hard. Yes, you know that. But the middle is a passing place only. It is not the destination The middle is a passing place only. God has more for you. He has a way through for you. And there are miracles in the middle. We just read about it. Because in the middle is where you get to see our water-walking Jesus. Isn't that cool? The middle is where you get to see a water-walking Jesus. God is a God of miracles. It is not old-fashioned. It's not just the Bible. God is a God of miracles. And the last time I checked, he had not run out. God is a God of miracles. But I tell you, there's someone that does love the middle, and that's the enemy. He loves you being in the middle because his plan and purpose is for you to get discouraged and to head back or just to give up completely and die in that place spiritually. The enemy loves the middle. Because, you know, he's also nervous when you're in the middle. Why? Because he knows what happens if you get through to that next shoreline. There's bigger, there's better, there's always more in God. If you push past your middle, you'll be closer to the shore than you were before. Galatians 6, 9 says, "'Let us not get tired of doing what's good.'" At the, but just at the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't quit, if we don't quit. He will make a way for you and for me. He will walk on water to get to you. He will climb in your boat if you let him, and he will speak to your storm if you invite him because he is faithful and he is powerful And he will never leave you nor forsake you. And that is truth this morning.
I want to share with you three applications this morning of what we can do if we are in the middle, if we are facing a headwind, if we're in a position where our footing is all over the show and we don't know if we're coming or going and we're actually in survival mode. Three applications. The first one is we need to fix our focus on him. We need to fix our focus on him. A few years ago, we had the privilege of going to Disneyland as a family. It was fantastic. And we decided that we wanted to squash as much as we could out of each ticket because they're not cheap, I tell you. And we thought, right, we're going to get as many rides as we can. So we line up nice and early to the first ride, which is the Star Wars ride. And it's called the Star Tour. And it's 3D, which means that you are having a full experience. And this Star Tour, it embarks on a thrilling, unpredictable flight that rockets you to the furthest gal galaxies. Mm -hmm. So, with 3D glasses on, strapped in, pitch black, lights off, we're away. Awesome. Yay. No, not yay. Mayday, mayday. We have a problem, Houston. I am immediately, like within a few seconds, reminded of my childhood ailment of motion sickness. It did not take long at all. <laughs> it was terrible. I began to feel so sick, like this happened so fast. I began to feel so sick as our seats are flung, like, like you know, all over the show, plus you're going through the galaxies with your 3D glasses on. I thought I was gonna throw up on the row in front of me, but then something happened my symptoms changed into something else that I have never experienced in my life. Strapped in my seat, can't get out, pitch black, no exit signs like you can see here, not an exit sign anywhere. I didn't even know how long the ride was gonna go, I hadn't even bothered to check. I began to panic. I had never experienced that emotion ever before in my life, but I began to panic, and I, I, wanted to I was sweating, I wanted to faint, my breathing was faster than it has ever been before, because I felt completely trapped and I didn't know how to get out. It was awful, it was an awful experience, but Daryl was amazing, he was... <laughs> my knight in shining armor. He sat next to me and he put his arm around me and he said to me, or he, he held me tight and he took half of the jolting that was happening. Then he said to me, take your glasses off. Take your 3D glasses off and fix your focus on something solid in front of you. Let your body move, but fix your focus in front of you. 
You see, when storms come, we firstly need to fix our focus on Jesus. Hebrews 12, 2 says, keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race that we're in. Follow him, because he never lost sight of where he was going. He had a focus. So when you're in the middle, let's make sure that your focus, make sure your praise stays in focus. Make sure your hallelujahs stay in focus. Make sure your life stays in focus, focused on him, your solid anchor. Fix your focus on him. Secondly, we need to remind our fear who's boss. You see, there's no denying that in a storm, when we can't see the shoreline anymore, behind or before, that confusion, anxiety, uncertainty rises up as a consequence. Absolutely. It is perfectly normal to experience those emotions, from fear to anger, worry to anxiety. But in every situation, God wants us to remain steadfast in our faith, mentally strong and emotionally stable in him. Now you know this verse, but 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and a sound mind. I'm going to repeat that. Because, you know, it's often easy for us to quote a scripture like that, isn't it? But this morning it needs to go in deeper. For God has not given us a spirit of, I'm scared. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm terrified. This doesn't make sense. I don't know how we're going to survive. The truth is you have been walking way too long with God to remain in that place. It's okay to visit that place, absolutely, but you can't set up a permanent residence in that place. You can't move your furniture in and stay in that place. You can't do that. Feel the anxiousness, yes. Feel the fear, yes. Feel the moment of being scared, but then snap out of it because you have a history with God. You have something on the inside of you, the Holy Spirit, that's telling you God is not going to leave you nor forsake you in this moment. He has brought you too far to leave you there. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and a sound mind. In the middle, we need to remind our fear who the boss is. Because as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So what does that look like, reminding your fear who's boss? Ladies, you'll be happy you're allowed to use your 10,000 words. (laughs) For me, you know, when we came back from Disneyland, that thing, that experience, it tried to come and move on in with me. Every time I went into a car wash, crazy, the foam all over the windows, panic. Movie theater, lights off, panic. Going on a ride up the Coromandel, windy road, start to feel sick, just normal motion sickness, panic. 
It tried to move on in and tell me this is it now. This is what it looks like. But I tell you what, there was something else that rose up in me as well. Once I saw through what was happening, and that was a righteous anger. I'm like, no, 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 this is not who God called me to be. This is not part of my story. This is not, this is not who I am. So I drew some battle lines. And I decided to take some boundary lines back again that had been removed from me. And I began to dismantle every argument and every lie that he presented me. Was it easy? No. Did it take a while? Yes. I started to tell my fear. This is what it looked like. I started to tell my fear out loud. It was an interesting experience for Daryl in the car wash. When I'd say, this is not who I am, and you are to shut up in Jesus' name. And instead, I replace my thoughts and my declarations with truth out loud. You are perfectly safe, Denise. You are the head and not the tail. This car's going to look great after this wash. You are not trapped. Whether the lights are on or off in this movie theater, the layout of the room has not changed. Thank you, God, for your peace that guards my heart and mind. And on and on and on until that fear could not get a word in if it tried. And that's what I still have to do. Sometimes if I'm tired, if I'm a little bit on the off, I might go into a situation and I can feel my tummy start to change. I'm like, mm-mm-mm. Get. You know, like, literally, you have to fight this battle. You have to remind your fear who's boss. Because that's not what God has called me. I'm God's girl. And he said, I will have a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. If the band can come up, that would be great. And the final thought that I've got this morning is that we need to retell of his faithfulness. You see, most of us here in this room have been through a storm or two in our lives. And many of us have got incredible testimonies of how God, he climbed out of the boat. He climbed into the boat with us and he provided, he restored, he renewed, he healed, he rebuilt, and he reminded us of who we are. And when we use our voice to declare his goodness, his promises, and remind those waves, remind that headwind, who's boss? and that God is faithful, then everything else has to bow down and move out of the way. On your mirror, on your fridge, in your, on your screensavers, versus declaring His truth, His plans and purposes, singing and worshiping in your car, in your home, in your headphones at work. Continue to remind this world that Jesus is your hero. He always has been, and he always will be. Retell of his faithfulness because the middle is a passing place only. It is not your final destination. As I come to a close this morning, I wanna pray for you. So just while every eye is closed, every head bowed, if, that, if you feel that is you this morning, if you feel like you're facing a headwind, that you're struggling at the oars, 
I want to include you in this prayer. Can you just, while everyone's eyes are closed, can you just put your hand up and then down again? And then I can see that because I want to include you in this prayer. Awesome. Hands going up all over the place. Amen. That's so good. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, I pray for every person here this morning that's indicated that they need a God encounter with you. They need a Jesus walking on water miracle from you. Lord, we know that Christian life is not a playground. It's a battleground. But we also know that you are with us 24-7. God, I pray today that you seal this word in our hearts and you empower each one of us to give you no place to fear. Lord, I pray that you strengthen us and you help us to stay focused on you so that we can reject fear and embrace the greatness that God has planted inside every one of us. Lord, I pray that we waste no opportunity, God, in this season, in this storm, in this headwind, to glorify you and instead maximize everything that you have entrusted to us. Lord, I speak over every single person here this morning. Abundance, peace, provision, strength, Lord God, favor, in Jesus' precious name, amen, amen. And this morning, if you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus, I wanna give you an opportunity too because I want you to know that because of His death, His burial and His resurrection, you have this incredible opportunity to live a supernatural legacy with Him with a God who loves you and adores you. If that's you, pray with me now. Lord Jesus, it's me. And I confess now with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are Lord. Lord God, I thank you for the blood that was shed on the cross for me and the gift, the free gift of your salvation. I know it's not through my works, Lord, but it's through you and what you did on the cross. The blood is enough to pay for my sins. And I know that right now, as I invite you to live in my life, I am made new. Holy Spirit, come and live in my life today and change me every day to be more and more like Jesus. This is my prayer and you are now my Savior in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer today, you just did the best thing ever in your whole entire life. And Daryl's going to let you know about what you can do from here. Awesome. Hallelujah. Come on, everybody. Can we thank the